0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Nomads of Tomorrow. We have reached episode three, and we have a lot of people, a lot of great people lined up for our upcoming episodes, and as far as today's guest, he's actually been uh, a good friend of mine for about four years. We met each other from our first kind of, like, interaction with each other, getting to join each other. wasn't the greatest experience we had. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Uh... I was helping a customer and then, like, uh, I did the sale and then the whole setup process, I
1: kind of dumped it on him and kind of left. Yeah, which is like, once you get the sale, that's your actual job is to do that. <laughs> so.
0: so, the fact that I did that didn't give him the best impression of me. Like, what the hell is this guy's deal for sure? <laughs> so, uh, welcome, Mike Peters, to uh, Nomads of Tomorrow. I met him, like I said, for about four years ago. It was around 2014. As far as their creative uh, aspect to our meeting, he is a writer. Um, writer of many different types of styles.
1: Yeah, um, mostly my focus is screenwriting, so TV is always like uh, the go-to. I want to make a very solid pilot, uh, working on one right now, and then screenplays.
0: And then as... Far as we know, right now, for the people that know you, of of, of course, uh, "Life's a Joke" got released last year and is now on Amazon Prime. So, yes. congrats
1: on that! Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, that's a big accomplishment for me for the producers. "Life's a Joke" was like just the beginning, though. It was like my first produced project, so I'm glad that it's out there.
0: Awesome. And then we have uh, an upcoming another project from you very soon.
1: Yeah, we just wrapped uh production completely so it's all set and done breeze company um uh, we're submitting to the film festivals as of now so we're not going to submit that one out for everybody to be able to view until probably next year once all the festival uh run is done and then from there we're kind of to get it all out there
0: that's awesome i mean I've, like i said i've always admired your work and your aspiration as far as like your whole writing and even the one that set to me and it was kind of funny was uh when you we were like, you know what? I think I'm gonna write a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that one was that one to me. I was just like, yeah, this guy's talented for sure. <laughs> if he's gonna do that, that that'd be awesome. Welcome to the podcast. I I do appreciate that you're here. When it comes to it, I mean, write, writing is is big. Uh, I've always admired writing in general. And for me, I mean, one thing that I click really well with Mike is this is all like I said, aspiration for writing and it kind of sets me back to a little bit because me myself i did writing for a bit when i was in high school and i had like a bunch of ideas and i did my own little screenplays here and there i remember nice. one that kind of got me mad was i had something written i don't know if anyone's seen the movie i am number four or read the book
1: oh <laughs> uh, you told me this one. Yeah. Oh my god it,
0: <laughs> it, it, it haunts me to this day and like i had like the whole thing set up and everything and here comes these books out of nowhere and i'm just like are you serious? <laughs>
1: like, th- this is legitly me. Like, this is what I wrote. It's like my life journey. Like it, just Exactly. I was just like, like yeah, like, I, I probably
0: wouldn't have this podcast. But hey, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So writing, how far back do you feel like you got introduced to it?
1: As a writer myself, like, honestly, like, everybody can date it back to, like, when they're kids. You would always, like, write little stories or have to write things for school. Um, mm-hmm. Back in sixth grade is when I actually started that. But as a serious mindset of actually wanting to do it i've been doing it for 10 years now okay yeah so in college um everybody always told me like you had a you had a good voice for radio and i was like oh yeah cool so let me go ahead and go about this and i went to cal state fullerton because they had a really good radio program so i get there and all of the radio classes are completely like impacted and like there's a huge waiting list but they impact they they have the program set up where it's a radio tv film it's all in one so i was like well i have to take some courses courses toward my major so jumped on the film wagon and never took one radio course there it just i fell in love with that with it after that
0: well i'm for sure gonna try to like amplify my voice or auto tune it because (laughs) (laughs) you're killing this podcast right now (laughs) so you started off with that and when what when do you feel was like your first screenplay that you were kind of like proud of that you were just like, I wanted to go further.
1: My last semester of college, uh, my teacher had us write a, a screenplay that was, it was almost like you were mimicking your favorite director slash writer style. Um, it, they called them auteurs. So an auteur is basically like that filmmaker that has his own individual style. Like when you look at a Spike Lee movie, you know it's a Spike Lee movie. When you look at a Tarantino movie, the same. So... Okay. My favorite at that time was Kevin Smith, and it's just because of <laughs> how raunchy and real and just relatable he was for like the young adult audience, and it's almost like he just didn't care. So it was really cool to to see that, and I wrote this script where it was basically just like Clerks, um, but it was more about my, my actual life. I put real dialogue that happened in the situation, I put like my actual real experiences, and it's because I worked at Target for almost three years. And it like there was so, so many good things that happened from me just working at Target, just from a like friendship level. But like Target was like the beginning for everything. So I wrote this screenplay called Bullseye. And that was the one that like it solidified it in my mind that I have nothing else in life to offer except for writing. Like that's the only thing that's the main thing God put me here for is to write it.
0: And, wow, well, I mean, when how old were you when you kind of got, like, that that whole mindset that you're like, you know what, write, writing is what I want the world to see from me?
1: I believe I was 24. 24? 24. And prior to that, I didn't have any actual, like, vision of what I wanted to do with life. I was, like, lost until I started actually writing screenplays. Yeah, so it was like, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. And, you know, somebody told me I'd be good at this, but that was the first thing was, like, I'm gonna be good at this, and I'm gonna constantly strive until I'm considered a great. So yeah, 24.
0: Yeah, so I'm. Mean, that's this is this is your legacy. Yeah, this is your legacy, and and it's awesome. I mean, from from when I met you and everything, I've seen like like you've grown into a little bit more. Like I feel like you've opened up a little bit more when it comes to your writing, which is amazing. Yeah. Cause uh, even then, when I I mean I I still binge watch life's a joke so <laughs> nice. it's it's, it's <laughs> great you. to me because <laughs> yeah even then like um when mike kind of brought the project to me i kind of like saw like the behind the scenes and everything to me and i was just like i felt like i got stuck more watching everything than i did uh, the whole editing process when it came <laughs> to be um and even then uh like uh was, it's, it's 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 crazy to say like when you have like a friend that uh, you're a fan of his work and it's an amazing feeling Like, uh, from my, from my previous podcast, like I'm, I'm a fan of my friend Jesse's music and, uh, I've always told him that. So even then, like seeing the whole, uh, process of you releasing Life's a Joke and the work and the screenplay and everything was great. Now, when it came to Life's a Joke, what made you kind of like say, Hey, you know what? For this screenplay, I actually want to kind of like paint the picture for everyone and create the, the whole series, and why didn't you do that one for, like, the Target one?
1: The Life's a Joke one came out of just everything boiling down to, like, that perfect moment. Like, everything mm-hmm. steamrolled to, this is it. So, like, prior to, or the, along with Life's a Joke, I should say, uh, my co-creator and I, so Jerry Gossin, who is also the lead in Life's a Joke, we met through uh, Verizon. Both of us worked there as well. So, Jerry and I were always talking about writing something together, and, like, for years, it just never happened. But we finally came to a decision one day, we're like, let's actually just sit down and do it. So, we pulled the trigger. Uh, he, he meets me after watching some game, and I'm, like, halfway drunk. We go back to my house, <laughs> and then we just start writing. And we, after the first session, which lasted for maybe, like, four, maybe five hours, we had the first five episodes uh, completely outlined. And then we decided to, like, hey, let's try this again. You know, it felt good to write with them. So we uh, end up actually uh, doing the first two scripts on that next meeting. And then from there, we did the third and fourth script. And then we started thinking, like, this is actually really funny. We could actually make this. And it's we could do it for really cheap. So Jerry worked as at this place called Abelsini, which they gave us the all the camera equipment for free. So okay. the fact that he worked there... It enabled us to do whatever we wanted basically so like the bigger thing that that held me back from being able to do it in the past was uh, a financial means to be able to do the production aspect Correct. so like this this one it just everything fell in line
0: that's amazing and then when it came to the whole script writing like um, did you guys ever get well what is known as like writer's block
1: honestly it never happened not with oh, life's okay. a joke awesome. like Jerry and I have a really good chemistry, especially with that one. Like we ended up writing in case Life's a Joke took off and became a major hit, like how Issa Rae did Awkward Black Girl. We wrote a 30 minute version of uh, Life's a Joke. So um, the whole concept was that after all that happens in the web series, Jerry is actually forced to move back home and then the (laughs) hijinks continue from there. But we wrote that entire 30 minute script in one day. Just one day, one day. It was, like, maybe seven hours interrupted by Chinese food. but <laughs> like, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. good
0: with Chinese food. <laughs> wow. So one day for a whole script. That's that, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And um, for filming, I know I was there for, was it just one of the episodes as far as, on like, s- seeing
1: on set? On set, I believe you were there for the eighth episode. Actually, you were there on a the day that we filmed two days. Scenes different from different yeah, episodes. Yeah, different episodes. I so, know yeah, you're, you're finishing up everything. Yeah.
0: How, how long did the whole Life's a Joke, well, the whole production take?
1: The filming of the production took, it was, let's see, we started in April and we finished in, technically in January. So okay. it was, like, but there was, like, multiple months in between that we didn't shoot at all. So, like, we didn't shoot at all in August, September. A lot of it was just, like, issues with actual actors' schedules and stuff like that. Correct, correct. But... You know, we knocked out 10 episodes almost for nothing. And it, I mean, it took a lot longer than normally should, but it's solid.
0: Like I said, I've been watched it a few times itself. (laughs) And um, I can't wait for Breeze. Now, how did Breeze come about? Like, what was the whole idea of bringing that to life?
1: As crazy as it sounds, um, Breeze, the concept of it started uh, when I was at the gym. And to give you guys perspective, Breeze Company is... Well, the title in itself is just like a play on the on the old TV show Three's Company. Um, but when watch, growing up watching that, it was always a show that in my youth, I always thought something was weird behind the scenes. And I really thought it was this dude with his like two girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of polyamory, even though that's not even what that show was about, spoke to me even back then. So one day I'm at the gym and I'm there with my girlfriend and this really beautiful woman walks in. And as crazy as it sounds, my girlfriend knows the story, but as crazy as it sounds... <laughs> Um, I'm like, I start instantly imagining myself like going to go talk to this girl. And my thoughts were like, what would happen if me and this girl actually hit it off? What would happen if something led from there? And like, I already have a girlfriend. What would happen if instead of actually me cheating on my girlfriend, my girlfriend was cool with it and we became a thruple? those three of us, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, so like this, what happens if we, the three of us just had like a three or and it matured into more. And then realistically, like, everything that happens in the Bree's Company short film was my idea of how my girlfriend would, like, react in those situations. So she was really my muse because it was, like, her emotions and thoughts are kind of, like, how I considered. So, like, in Bree's Company, uh, Bree and her boyfriend Malcolm invite another woman into the into their relationship and we get to see the social, the, the opinion of, like, his family and friends you get to see how social norms affect it, affected you get to see how a kid would view the situation there's like so much more into it and you get to see like the inside looking out perspective as well so there's so much into it where you get all the different tastes within just a 13 minute short film
0: and when it came to breeze itself like you just mentioned that uh your girlfriend was your muse um as far as like when it came to inspiration for just not breeze like what do you felt like was your muse for Life's a Joke as well?
1: Life's a Joke, actually, I'm not sure if I technically had a muse. I think a lot of it, I just drew inspiration from my actual friends, like the the outrageous situations that we've been in. You know, and then from there, I wanted to see even more outrageous Inspirations that would, that are outrageous situations that would happen from there. Like I, I already know, like my friends and I, we get into like ridiculous things even despite the fact that we're in our thirties now. <laughs> like, but it's like the stuff that you would get into in high school or even college. You were just like, at some point in time, this was supposed to stop, but it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it has. But yeah, the life, life's a joke was really just like I want to, I wanted to see the funniest thing I could see because I feel like comedy on TV is kind of lacking. I think. Uh, not lacking in a sense of, like, there are no comedies, but I think dramas and, like, the thrillers and, like, even, like, horror TV shows are taking over. And, like, there's nothing out there that makes me laugh like these shows used to back in the day. Like, I used to die laughing at Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I used to love Martin. Like, one of the things that Jerry <laughs> and I wanted to do was create that Martin type of laugh. Like, there's episodes where you would laugh so hard that you miss jokes, and that's what we wanted, you know?
0: And that's that's amazing. I mean, I... I, I for sure was always a, a big fan of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air and it it's one of those shows that it's um uh, to me it's very blissful because it brings me back to that time and it's a natural laugh. Right. It's right. a natural laugh. Like it's not like a laugh that you're laughing because the the person next to you is laughing yeah. and everything. It's not you're not it's laughing. It's not forced because upon it. Laugh track. It's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not forced upon it. It's it's like when someone tells a lame joke and your best friend laughs of it just so everybody can <laughs> laugh and feel bad yeah, for you yeah but yeah no like and th- those those are shows and that that's awesome that you kind of want to bring back that laugh from your diaphragm yeah the one that hurts <laughs> to me i mean one of the shows that's always made me laugh is the
1: office i mean you you've known this yeah i, I yeah. love like
0: i could reply to anyone's message on iMessage with a gift from the office
1: any office gift is always always relatable you can always <laughs> use it
0: <laughs> and the reason why i asked you about the muse is because to me muse the word muse is, it is a strong word because sometimes yeah we we have a muse and that that's awesome that uh you brought your girlfriend into it kind of like to have like her emotion mm-hmm. not displayed because of course like when it comes to emotion it could get kind of personal right but even then you You wanted to, like, show everybody, like, hey, like, this exists. And I I think it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think one of the more beautiful things is in this aspect of that people can sit there and actually relate with her emotion, even though it's not a true story. You know, I'm literally bringing out who she is. And this is something she's perfectly fine with, that I'm displaying what could be part of her mindset. And it's not because it's not exactly her. Because obviously I'm going to embellish a bit, you know.
0: But even then, I mean, like, even her kind of like opening up to you and everything that that to get kind of like that emotion displayed—it's it, awesome. It's when it when it comes to your inspiration, like what do you, what do you feel has been like your biggest inspiration? Not not only in your current writing, but from you, from point A, from when you first started to say, "Hey, you know what?
1: This is what I, I want the world to see. This is this is Mike Peters." That's that's a convoluted question because I'm <laughs> so. So different than what I used to be. I I think in the beginning I wanted to emulate my favorite um, writers' styles. So the the bullseye screenplay was just basically like you know, it was basically like a black clerks, you know. <laughs> uh, the I wanted to make films that were like Spike Lee or uh, you name it. Like I wanted to make a movie that was like basic instinct back in the day. Like I always wrote like somebody else. Um, I think now my whole perspective is to give everybody a taste of me and the people that I'm around. So I always now put myself in the script. There's always a character within this story that is me, like that is 100% me. So like now I just want to give people... The idea of who Mike Peters is. And I'm, despite the story, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm always going to give you that.
0: To us, I mean, Life's a Joke, Breeze Company. I'm pretty sure you have other projects in the works. But even then, you're kind of breaking yourself up for us. Yeah. You know, a little bit like the laughter, the seriousness of the relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, and everyone's built on so many different parts in our life. And that's awesome that you kind of want to display it for us. kind of get intertwined with who mike peters is yeah i think um, the
1: more that you learn or the more that you watch any project that i do is the more you actually get to know me
0: right yeah when it came to writing did you ever feel like like just giving up
1: of course yeah writing i think is and it's it's intriguing because it's the most difficult thing i've ever done in my life like you can i can (laughs) talk about any failed relationship that i've had any like hardship (laughs) that i've gone through Uh, working with Verizon, which I loathed for the the eight (laughs) years that I worked there. uh, Writing is the most difficult thing that I've ever done. And it's because it's a constant process of always trying to make things better. And it's constantly like, there's so many no's in especially within the entertainment business that you're constantly hearing. But at the end of the day, once you get that one, yes, that's all that matters. You know, like even which I actually haven't told you, but on my way here, I found out that uh, the Breeze Company short made it into a film festival, so I got my first selection today.
0: <laughs> Can we get a round of applause, guys? That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. Th- that that's awesome. Wow. That's holy crap. That's awesome. Yeah. Bro. I mean, like, some like for me, it's just you a heard it first on this podcast on the Nomads of Tomorrow, guys. <laughs> but no, congrats. I mean, thank you, sir. I mean, your your work proves it honestly yeah, like yeah. it's um i will sadly like i i told you guys on the first episode that i went through like a whole health process and everything uh going on to set on breeze company i was actually there on what was it
1: the last day of filming yeah we did two days of filming so you're there on the second day
0: yeah on the second day which is like 90 uh, of
1: the film anyway but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and that that kind of kind of like put my spirits up and I appreciate you inviting me that day. And it no, was, and you it you was coming. awesome Thank you. to me. I mean, like again, like I said, I saw your work portrayed as far as like who you are as a person and your mind is your creativity. Cause yeah, I feel like that's, that's always been like your strongest tool. And to me, I mean, you are a smart person. Like I've always, <laughs> I've always, always uh, considered you like very smart. Like if it, if it came, if it comes to Mike, I've always gone to him with movies Cause uh, I always trust his judgment on all the movies. Cause we kind of had like the similar taste in movies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's funny because I've I've actually mentioned it to my friends, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, are you gonna watch this movie? I was like, no, nah, I already talked to my friend. He said, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not worth it. But it to me, it's great. Cause I mean, I've I've always felt like yes, you of course the internet shares the world with us, of course, and uh, it shares all the. The rumors, how the movie is, but you've always given the chance.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll watch... For me as a writer, it makes sense to watch every movie because every movie will give me something. It tells me if what doesn't work and what does work. So I'll sit there and watch bad movies. Like, I actually... Well, actually, I, I, the one movie I didn't finish was Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> I got that movie, <laughs> just so I, I couldn't finish it, but... There's so many movies out there that they even if you personally perceive it as bad, there's a lot of good within it. You know, and at the end of the day, it's all subjective. Just because I think a movie is terrible doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible. Or, and like, just because I think a movie is phenomenal doesn't mean that it's phenomenal. Everybody has their own personal taste.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, like, perfect example, one of the movies that just uh, released not too long ago was, uh, what's now on DVD and digital, is Venom.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff was said that Venom was bad. And I actually disagreed. Yeah, I, then- I didn't think it was phenomenal. I'm like, I'm not gonna put it on like the level of like these Marvel movies or anything. Right. But it's a solid superhero movie. Yeah, it, there's a lot like as me growing up watching Venom, like or reading Venom, I should say within the comics or even like the old school Spider Man TV show. I loved like Venom character, and I felt like they did it justice. The story could have been better, but it's it's a solid movie.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, I asked you, and of course, like I said, I've always trusted your judgment <laughs> when it comes to movies. But even then, like I, I had read the the reviews before, and I completely agreed with you. It, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I don't know why I got so much hate on it. I know at one point they said it was kind of rushed, which I kind of you can I, you can feel it. You you could yeah. honestly feel it and everything. But to me, like you said, it was a solid movie.
1: I think it's, like, a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah, is wild to me, because that's, crazy. that's like a low F, you know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not even close to passing, like...
0: And it, and it's crazy, because, uh, speaking of Venom, too, like, I guess the, the other day they gave me, like, a credit for, like, to get, like, a free movie, oh, but nice. I had to choose, like, from 10 movies. Oh, yeah, I think and, I just did the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, it was funny, because I've always loved and... I don't know. Is it because I'm Mexican? But I've always loved everything that has to do with uh, like drugs and the mafia and like just killing. You picked and Sicario, didn't it. you? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I didn't. I oh. didn't. That's the thing. Like, I I love the Sicario movies, and to me, they were they were great. Yeah. And uh, but I chose Venom. Nice, nice. But but I chose I, Venom.
1: I picked Sicario actually. Oh, you picked <laughs> yeah, Sicario? Yeah, no. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, no. And it's funny because like i've watched narcos i've watched yeah. all, all the different all the Great different show. like Cha- el chapo like the netflix el chapo. yeah the, the it. netflix everything i even i think i even watched a few episodes of um oh, what was the name of the show uh, uh, la reina del sur which is um, uh, the queen the queen of the south that had to do with like the mafia in general yeah but even then i was just like no i'll choose venom you know like it's <laughs> another Marvel movie to my collection but yeah. even then because I liked I, I enjoyed it like it wasn't I didn't see it as a boring
1: movie no no it was definitely exciting yeah it had its, it had its moments that were big and then they did a really good job of bringing you the dichotomy of Tom Hardy's character versus the Venom mindset you know, like it was like it was really cool to see that you know
0: now going into aspect of us talking about like movies that have been released especially like Venom mm-hmm. what movie has gotten you like the biggest impact I'm not even going to say from the beginning because you've watched so many movies. Thousands. But how about from the last year? From Let's just say from, I don't think anything released in January that we kind of got attention to. But let's just say 2018 to 2017. That's a good two Within years. With the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a good two years.
1: Um, honestly, one of the best movies I feel like I've watched in that time is Coco. Coco? Coco was it was amazingly written. The direction was amazing. The the color palette was cool. The the voices were A one. Like it just it just seemed really cool. Like it was <laughs> that, a really good movie.
0: That movie still makes me cry. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Every time. But yeah, that that's awesome. I mean, like I actually have a the day, day of the, the day goal yeah. right in the <laughs> in our, in our, our podcast uh, office. But wow, okay, Coco. That, Go that's Go awesome
1: beautiful now if we're talking this oscar season uh i want black klansman to win okay like i want black klansman to take every oscar they possibly can <laughs> I, I still
0: need to watch that one I, yeah. I haven't watched it itself but um a lot yeah. of people are
1: like well it's not spike lee's best but at the same time spike lee when he was at his oh it is a spike lee movie. Okay yeah. okay yeah spike lee wrote and directed he co-wrote it with somebody else like i'm drawing a blank on the guy's name right now but uh he he wrote, directed, and it was produced by uh, Jordan Peele's uh, production team. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Monkey Pop Productions had it.
0: Oh, Jordan Peele.
1: Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, Get Out would actually be on that list, too, because Get Out was utterly amazing.
0: Honestly, okay, so when Get Out came out, I was kind of like, okay, I've, <laughs> the whole Keem Peele skits, those are yeah. embedded <laughs> in my head. So, I was yeah. just like, is what's going on? But when I saw the movie, I could watch it over and over again. Over I, and over. If it's... If it's a thriller I want to watch that night, 100% I would watch that. And it's crazy because it's not that I hate scary movies. I hate thrillers. No. I've never been like, hey, let's watch a thriller today. Yeah. It's never... Because <laughs> at first, I mean, when when it came to scary movies, I mean, they, they would bore me. Like, I know this guy's going to get his head chopped off some, at like some point in the movie. Two, one. Yeah, and scream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're never entertaining me. I think one of the movies that, like... Oh, what was it called? I think the cat it had to do with the catacombs in Paris or something like that. I forgot what the name the of the movie was. I'm not sure. it was like one. a haunt some haunting or like they visit they went down and then something crazy happened. I don't know. That was at oh, as above so below, something like that. I think yeah, yeah, I never an, saw that one.
1: Never, Sounds like a cool name, though, to be honest. I might have yeah, to check that it, out. It, it was
0: I mean, it was a good, it's a good name, but then when it came to the movie, I, to me it was just boring Yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen. But yeah. when when uh, Get Out came out, I was just, like, blown away. Yeah. And I and I can't wait for that's, Us. Yeah, oh, when I saw that trailer. Yeah. When I saw that trailer, I was like, okay. And Mbako's uh, and in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just blown away because, I mean, when it came... I don't know if you're going to laugh or not, but to me, one of my favorite thrillers was with... Uh, Shallabuf, which was uh, disturbed. Did,
1: oh, and I knew you were gonna say that. That's one of your favorites.
0: I don't know why. It was always like I, I have no idea, but I, I always like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cool movie. It's, but it's a
1: good uh, to me. I mean, it was a good movie. That movie is just Rear Window. As much yeah, as they it say is it's not, it's the exact same movie. Yeah, <laughs> they it just is. made it like darker. That's it. But yeah. it's almost the same exact movie.
0: And. I I mean, that was one of my, like, thriller movies that I would watch at night. It was That's cool. Like that. Yeah. I
1: rock with that, because honestly, like, and I, I'm i drawing a blank on names tonight, but the the Asian best friend in that movie, that dude was hilarious oh, in that yes. movie. So, like, I really like Especially his ringtone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that was the movie. I mean, even then, when it came to scary, scary movies, I mean, you can't go wrong with Exorcist.
1: Yeah, Exorcist was great. Right. And
0: yeah. And then... Uh, Okay, so Paranormal Activity was just like, to me, the first one was okay. When other ones got released, I was just like...
1: Here, here's my take on Paranormal Activity. So the first one was like, hey, we have $15,000, let's make, let's make a movie. And they did a phenomenal job, like phenomenal for $15,000. The thing about Paranormal Activity that makes it beautiful is really the second movie. The second movie without that movie there's no other movies after that. So correct, the way correct. they pulled in the story and they brought all these different elements of who this creature this demon was. Yeah. It to me the second movie is amazing and they actually did it time time wise at the end if spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but when they break down and they have like the demon come to the uh, the sister's house and like all that breaks down it correct. works exactly how it did in the first one so it it brings everything full circle and that that is what makes it beautiful. Yeah. No, but and that the first one, I was like, oh yeah, you know. After I watched it, I was like, eh, that was cool. But it, it for fifteen thousand dollars, I think it's utterly amazing. Because I think that movie made like close to like three hundred million from fifteen thousand dollars. So like those producers and writers and everything are set for life. Like like it's an, to me, it's like an amazing story to be those guys. See, guys, this is why I
0: trust his judgment.
1: <laughs> and I, and no, and I, and I agree with you.
0: Yeah, you you are right. The second movie did kind of like lay it out and say, hey, this is. This is the demon. This is this is the whole storyline of the paranormal activity movies. Yeah. So. And I agree with you
1: because the some of the, the later ones, I just like this is a snooze fest. I think yeah. it's like the fourth one that I was like, this is the exact same thing as the first one. So it's like, do better. You know, like you guys did better. You just keep elevating your game. But sometimes, you know, like people get complacent.
0: So us talking about movies, <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna make another podcast like series where we talk about movies Dude, and shows movies, and everything. Our own take. <laughs> but it, it it's funny because like me. Me talking to you about all the movies and everything. I mean, if you had the power, because I, I know you have the knowledge. I know you have the creativity. But mm-hmm. if you had the power to someone were to put a layout on the table and say, Mike, I want you to rewrite this movie. Oh. Which one do you think you could be like, I would want to rewrite this one?
1: That's a tough question because like at first, you, have, it, I wouldn't rewrite a classic. Correct. Like, people are always, like, always trying to remake movies, and if somebody ever remakes Back to the Future, I'm going to find those writers, and I'm going to throw them down. <laughs> I'm going to throw them off a cliff. Like, please do not. <laughs> don't touch Back to the Future. Please <laughs> do not touch Back to the Future, guys. But I will
0: really... Li- <laughs> I will seriously go back to the future and find your mom.
1: <laughs> I'll go back to the future. <laughs>
0: and find your mom and give her a piece of my mind.
1: Man, I don't know what movie I would redo myself. I... Because there's so many movies that I love, but like, what spin could I make better on an actual existing movie? Is exactly. The, the that, that's kind of like the take I'm trying to. I know,
0: I know, we've mm-hmm. all had that moment where we're like, we're watching a movie and you're like, mm, "I wish this would have happened
1: instead," or like some different take. I feel like I've watched a movie recently with my girlfriend, and I told her like, if it were me, I would have done this, and it would have made it better. I'm just drawing a blank on what movie that was, but because we, I mean, we have the AMC movie pass, and we're there like twice a week sometimes you know if not more
0: <laughs> find mike peters at amc <laughs> <laughs> um
1: yeah i'm really drunk I, I honestly couldn't tell you because i i i again i appreciate the fails and i appreciate the the great ones so it's like no and i, I and just I, like letting them lie like if they if they fail and they you know they drown i just like letting them lie there yeah. <laughs> like, like this is your fault <laughs> yeah like you did this to me
0: but no like i'm i, I feel like even me asking that question, I, I kind of expected that answer from you because like a, you are a respected uh, writer. I mean that as far as like what I've gotten from you is not only to know you but seeing your creative aspect, you are a respected writer, and, and I honestly can't wait for everything that you have to offer not only for the people around you, but the world to see, because I mean, when it comes to shows, movies, they're they're shared. And yeah. I, I, I've i always been fond of that. Like, yes, there's so many different ways to communicate with people. And I feel like movies and shows have always been like a, a great part of that. To kind of like display not only current events of what's going on, mm-hmm. but reaching out to different type of people.
1: Yeah, that's why represent- representation matters so much.
0: No, and and it, it's a beautiful thing because movies and shows will forever be existent. Mm-hmm. I don't think one and I pray to God it never happens. I don't think there will be one day where they say no more shows, no more movies. And it can't happen.
1: No, it's it's art. It it's, it's and it's, it's own an art form.
0: And it's an amazing art and we've gained so much not only from just movies in general cuz even now when you watch a music video, it gives you so much emotion. Yeah. Not only just the song behind it, but it gives you so much emotion. Like, there's one song I cannot hear. Because I l- will always think about the music video. And it just will make me cry. Make you cry? Yes. The and music video makes you cry? Yes. And it's, um. oh my god, I'm drawing a blank too. Hold on.
1: <laughs> At first, I thought you were going to bring up ones that always, the music... Video is always inspired, and it's like you you always think about it every time you hear the song. I thought you're gonna bring him Travis. Oh, it Travis a, Scott uh, it was a sickle mode that uh, the, oh. that had the time lapse in, in the background.
0: Now, that the, whoever edited that is by far like amazing because that to me, I i remember even telling you, I was like, yeah. Hey, hey, Mike, I was like, I learned how to do the sickle mode effect, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but. No, I, I'm drawing a blank on the song. I'm I'm pretty sure if you know what I'm talking about for the people that know me, but it's um it has. God, I am legitly drawing a blank. Happier is Happier. the song by Marshmallow and Bastille.
1: Yeah, I've never heard this one.
0: That song. Okay, so I mean the song's amazing. Shout mm. out to Marshmallow and Bastille for that song. It, it was really well made, but that music video of that dog passing away you, you'll you'll watch it but <laughs> I'm have to oh my god it hit home so hard and i was just like and it's funny because like just hearing like the little the beat of it i'm like oh here we go and i just when it comes to like music videos now like i i feel like when you listen to the song and, and then you've watched the music video it kind of like it paints a picture yeah now and now it's crazy because of course like some music videos like You look at them, and you hear the song, the lyrics, and it kind of doesn't make sense. But even then, like, you you try to, like, imagine it. Because Mm -hmm. that's the image that was displayed for you. Because for me, I mean, one of the biggest things, I think I've told you before, like, I could listen to any song and imagine a music video. Even if I haven't seen the the official music video they've released, but I could paint the picture for myself. And I feel like it has a, a communication and connection with just movies in general. Yeah. Because when it can, when it comes to movies, I mean, like, on top of my head, like, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Those books were amazing. Those were my childhood. And I read them from beginning to finish. So when they got released
1: in the theaters. You're, like, first row, like, ready. <laughs> yes.
0: And it was just like, well, not really first row, because I don't want my neck hurt to hurt. <laughs> but even then, I just thought it was, like, a beautiful thing. Like, I was just like, wow, like and uh and it's crazy cuz like to me i mean as a kid you have the biggest imagination yeah and it's it's a powerful thing to keep that imagination going so i don't know if you guys remember the harry potter like the sorcerer's stone like the first the picture that was portrayed on the actual cover and was him <clears> him <throat> on the broomstick catching which to me at that point i thought was the sorcerer's stone but was actually the Remembrall that mm. from what was Neville's, yeah, yeah, and as a kid, you have this imagination that oh that that that's the picture mm-hmm. like that's the sorcerer's stone, so when I watched the movie, I was like, that's not the sorcerer's stone <laughs> I was like, that's the sorcerer's stone, but even then like pictures come a long way, and moving pictures, which is movies mm-hmm. it, it's it's amazing and when it comes to like your own imagination, do you feel like has it changed in a good way? Or do you see it, you have like a new welcoming to a different type of imagination to you from what you can remember when you first started writing?
1: I still have like written stories of stuff that I wrote when I was like in like sixth grade, you know, but um, my my imagination, I feel like is probably just as strong as it used to be. But the difference of where it is now is I I would I would say honestly my imagination has just grown darker (laughs) like the themes are darker the the imagery and the stuff that I want to write is darker than what I would have when I was like 15 or 12 or 10 you know Mm -hmm. so like me in my 30s I already know like my my mentality is like twisted you know so like that that's where things have gone I think that's it's more of my own affection of, like, this is how I I, I how I view life. You know, like, that's kind of, like, where... That's where I put it back into it, you know?
0: When it comes to that, what do you... Why do you feel it became darker? I know with age, I mean, we mature and we started to find out, like, different... The way life works. Right. But where do, where do you feel, like, this darkness has been, like, kind of, like, fed to you?
1: I think I wasn't prepped for life for what it actually is. So... I was given the sugar-coated version. And then, like, going through high school, you start to slowly be told the realities of what life is. And then going through college, you start to see things for how they truly are, you know? So I started to understand how people are disparaged as full groups of people, whether it be their ethnicity, whether it be their sexuality. Like, all these things became a part of my mentality now it's cuz i i see how they're being oppressed and that's uh that's intriguing how like just me seeing that affects how i write or just how i imagine just in general you know
0: and no i, I like i agree with you because yeah we we live in a way different i mean i wouldn't say much of a different world i just feel like it's a, has advanced
1: i think we've advanced in a lot of good ways but mm-hmm. if we're being honest there's not a great Racial build, you know, like I think it's more accepting of gays, which is amazing. Um, unfortunately, trans haven't gotten their respect at this point. Um, but I think, uh, racially, we can do, and I think it's, I'm not sure if it's just the U.S., and I feel like I'm just, you know, closeted into this view because I'm stuck here kind of thing. But I think we could do a lot better. I I hate how like our president uh, talks about Hispanics or even talks about like, you know, how they talks about like Muslims, even though it's not race, but like just in general, I think there's a lot that we can progress from from where we are now. No, and yeah, that, that's and, the whole thing. It's like you, you can always look back and be like, oh yeah, well we don't have slavery within the US like how it used to be. So obviously we've improved. But at the same time, looking back at like where we were and then looking where we are now and literally having like Gucci, Prada, uh Fendi, all these Katy Perry has her clothing line, all of them still doing blackface. And it's like mm-hmm. We're in twenty nineteen and blackface is, is a something you wouldn't make a clothing statement. That's it's, it's yeah. you know something there's a lot that we can we can improve upon. So I always want to look where we can improve and where we can be better, you know. Correct.
0: because yeah, no, and, and and it makes sense because even now well the reason why I said it, I felt like it was just advanced. I mean, yes, we don't have what was bad back then, mm-hmm. but now the reason why I say advanced is because of the fact that it's it's seeded from it. To a point yeah. where it's kind of, like you said, sugar-coated. Only the people that kind of have like an open mind could see that. And I feel woke. like... I feel like... a <laughs> Is it woke? Yeah, woke. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> but even then, it's just... When it comes to movies portraying that, it it, it sends a message. And it, it comes all the way back to the writers, the producers, and everything. Yeah. Because... That's how they're showing us what's going on. Yeah. Because a lot of people to this day, I mean, I feel like everybody at this point should have like an open mind of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, my God, there's like a bunch of closed minded people out there. No, I mean, <laughs> like they've, they've been open to different types of lifestyles. Yeah. yeah. And beliefs. Again, it portrays from movies. It portrays from the or the writers like they're the ones sending the message to kind of be like yo guys like this is what's going on right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: one thing i have been watching a lot and it's a lot of not just movies that have been like because i mean one of the main movies that's been marketing right now is like captain marvel yeah and like yeah. all the disney movies they're releasing which are great i mean I i i have no hate for them at all <laughs> but even then like what about the movies that not really been in marketing like what what's going on with them and i've been seeing like a lot of them and they've been like kind of like feeding my mind of not just like knowledge wise but of realities that are going on like one of the last ones i saw was actually um it was i believe on netflix was a story about avici hmm. how he sadly passed away from suicide i never knew he went through all that it it became kind of like open, like there are people out there. And I feel like Avicii to me was like, he was a great artist. I've always, I always loved his music, but even then he kind of like opened my mind. And one of, I if I had the chance to thank him now in person, which I, I, I would wish to, was because of him, I kind of like opened up to being okay to share about, uh what I went through in my first episode of like and me bringing about this podcast now I f- I felt like me watching that kind of like planted the seed for me like saying hey you know what like people need to know and when it comes to your writing and everything like you said you're you're sharing bits and pieces of yourself right to who Mike Peters is yeah i th- i honestly admire that and i think it's a beautiful thing because you, <laughs> a lot of people don't know what people go through. If uh, if I would have seen the Vici live even like before I found everything about, I mean I would just act the same. Oh my god, it's a Vici.
1: Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, he's
0: here, like, oh my god, it's music, like yeah, like fist bumping and mm-hmm. trying to shuffle. <laughs> but we're not painting the picture of what's going behind the scenes. Like I feel like you writing, showing us all those images in a video in a movie and whatever you have working on whether whether it's a cartoon or or another show that you're you're in the works like it's awesome thank you it's 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 awesome and i agree (laughs) and i can't i can't maybe my me myself like i said i I can't wait for all the work that you have yet to show us what are you up to as far as now that you have breeze company officially being accepted to a film festival so that's awesome (laughs) yeah
1: first one (laughs) yeah um recently i I turned the breeze company short into a feature film okay so that's our old feature film script um so i want to get uh financing for that and i want to use the short film as a an avenue to garner attention for the feature okay so, um, I actually change it a little bit from where the short was. I use the, the the short more like uh the inspiration aspect, so like in the short, you have um this couple going going through their their situation um and then it comes to an end and after that, in the short, there's this really cool scene where uh brandy Zapata the the main actress, you know she's there, and she's drunk, she's at a bar and she throws. Uh, this glass at this painting, um, the the symbolism of the painting is that the uh, girl that they bring in is an artist in herself, and she does French impressionism paintings. So she throws this glass, and it shatters across this Monet piece. So it's like that was the inspiration to do the feature because the feature is about Breeze aftermath after everything has gone down. So as an, as a new audience you get to see them go through their relationship and their polyamory and then from there we actually get her spiraling into an alcoholic fit and you don't know if she's gonna come out of it. So like that's that's the script I'm trying to shop now. That's like the 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 one, you know? Yeah. So like that that one is what I'm working on. I've also been trying to work on this animated uh tv show called the unconventional squad and it's just all at the end of the day i want to play on the entire comic book genre and just make fun of everything i possibly can (laughs) like that 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 is like my goal (laughs) and i know you have that i I know that one's gonna be like
0: really good because i mean we're we're nerds yeah we're we're nerds (laughs) like when, when it came to working with you it was always like all right what Comic or what show or what movie we're we going to talk about today? <laughs> and wow, so Breeze a feature film that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, Breeze I feel like is going to be the thing that opens everything. It's going to open my doors, you know.
0: I don't I don't see that not happening. And I, I for sure, even me knowing you or like having the um, the opportunity to work with you on like on a few projects and everything, it's great. Like it it means a lot, and I appreciate you bringing me along to some of the projects and everything. Because I know for sure. I mean, we're gonna see Mike Peters on the Billboard. Oh yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, for and well, with that, guys, I want to thank you, Mike, for coming uh, onto the show. You, I do. Thank you for program. having me. This was a pretty long podcast. <laughs> 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 like, like I said, we we could talk for hours about hours. Just, like <laughs> different topics when it comes to movies and everything. But at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, writing is your legacy
1: i can't wait for the work and we all can't wait so thank you again in the uh, in the meantime guys check out life's a joke on amazon prime
0: i'm not even saying (laughs) to me it 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 is funny Uh, i've always enjoyed it and everything and um i mean i i can't wait for beat company yeah for sure feature film here we come let's go (laughs) red carpet please but thank you again mike for coming on don't forget to tune in to our next episode and subscribe Thanks again guys. This was the Nomads of Tomorrow.